0: Hello and welcome to the RevOpGo. This episode, Doug and Jess are getting into the three core pipelines of any business and what you're trying to solve with each pipeline. This episode is more about why there are three pipelines and three value chains that should be a part of every business, what those are, and their objectives. So, there's a lot to digest here and a lot of takeaways. So, without further ado, let's get into it.
1: Jess. Oh, Doug's sad. (laughs) Say it ain't so. It is so.
2: You're you're abandoning me.
1: I'm abandoning you. I'm going on vacation. God forbid. In your moment of need? When are you not needy?
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I said in my moment of need. I didn't say needy.
1: You're right, and I asked you when you're not needy.
2: See, I don't understand this need for vacation because isn't working with me like experiencing an infinite vacation?
1: It's, it's like experience an infinite something. I don't know if vacation's the word that I would use to describe it. Wow.
2: So anyhow, though, I, I got to tell you, though, Jess, I'm impressed because you have, you scheduled this. The stakes are high. You're, this is the last thing you're doing, at least officially. Right. Like it's, it's the rev show and vacation. So yep. basically, if this show goes well, good vacation. If this shows off, uncertain vacation.
1: Uncertain vacation? I think I think I'll still manage to have a good vacation. <laughs> no offense.
2: So I'm seeing if we can get my I'm assuming you heard her.
1: Yeah, I can hear her. Yeah. Uh,
2: I don't know Jess. Like, if if like if you don't nail this episode when you're <laughs> when you're in the cabana
1: mm-hmm. at
2: Hurricane Alley are, are you going to be able to let it? Get? Are you going to be able to? Let it go, let
1: it go. The real question is, what am I going to do a week without having to listen to your soundboard? That's that's the real question. Bam.
2: That is that is the real question. You're going to miss it, Jess. You're going to miss it. By the way, offsite, what did what did people request it? What was the request that we do?
1: Music trivia. Music trivia. You yep. play you yep. play from your soundboard.
2: Why? Why? Because. You, you see how it's become. You know, it, it now means something. Can you imagine if we started an all hands meeting and I didn't have music
1: playing? Here's here's my concern about this. How much time are you going to spend trying to find the perfect the perfect songs <laughs> for this?
2: I'm confused. Isn't it? Is it? Is it that I find the perfect song, or is it that if I choose it? it's the perfect song. Oh my God. Like, which is the cause is, is it like, am I finding it or is it finding me?
1: I don't like. I don't like to focus on the results. (laughs)
2: It's about the process. It's about the process. No. So this is a great opportunity for any, um, anybody that's considering working with us, um, for the next week, the, the promise door is wide open. Reach out.
1: Yeah. No, Doug's not allowed to talk to clients for the next seven days not well, i'm saying not prospects happening. i'm saying prospects we can get we can get the prospects. Th- them either them the either there. no you're not allowed to talk to you know what i think i think you're right i think you need to take a vacation while i take a vacation i am now nervous officially
2: <laughs> you know i could do one other thing what's that there's a lot of interesting stuff about developments in the project management application space
1: no we're not doing that either Doug likes to joke about changing our project management tool while I'm on vacation because he thinks it's funny. It's not, it's not funny.
2: <laughs> wasn't wasn't there a time that it was true, though, that like that's what we did? It was
1: true, and um, the good news is I know that so much is built into the current tool that we use that there's no way that you could change it in a week. So, yeah. Oh, I don't think, we, not a challenge. I don't think we have
2: it fully replicated in a week. I think we just have it changed.
1: Sweet. Go for it. Have at it. I want you to announce I, it tomorrow, so you can deal with all the blind panic.
2: <laughs> should I um, should I take a look at some of what they're sharing just for like inspiration, like how how might we apply this to what we're doing?
1: What are you talking about? You just lost take a me. look at
2: what the different what the different project different oh, applications no. are, and like watch what they're doing no. for like for inspiration.
1: I like all this unlimited time that you have while I'm on vacation. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm Beauty not allowed to talk to. Songs. I'm not allowed to talk to clients. I'm not allowed to you talk are to, not prospects.
1: Allowed to No, I'm
2: pretty sure I'm not allowed to talk to the team.
1: Yeah, that was that was inferred. Yeah, right.
2: So, <laughs> I mean, I figure it frees up time for me to do these to do these things. It's accurate. <laughs> All right, okay. Jess, what are we talking about today?
1: Today we are going to talk about the three core sales pipelines.
2: We're not. We're not going to talk about the four questions today. Is unlike any other day. No, it's not Passover.
1: It's not Passover. No. Okay. It took me a minute on the four questions, but I got there yeah. just before he said it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Do anyway, you, um,
2: you see the National League uh, ended a ten-year losing streak? Beat the AL All Stars.
1: I did not see that. Yep.
2: Yeah. All right. So, what are we talking about?
1: Uh, three core three pipelines. pipelines. <laughs> three, yep. Yep. So let's start with, with, uh, what's the, what's the problem that, that we're trying to solve with sales pipeline.
2: So it, it's not so much, you know, cause we recently did an episode on pipelines and I, so I want to be clear, this is really not, this episode is more about why there are three pipelines, three value, um, chains, customer acquisition, revenue acquisition, value chains, that should be a part of um, every business. So, so it's more about what, like, what's the structural problem from a go-to-market standpoint um, in terms of managing the functions that that are represented in pipelines, right? So, if you have questions about sales pipelines, I forget. We'll put in the show notes um, a link to that episode. So, you know, I've, I, I for those of you that have listened to to the show, you 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 already know that um, I go way back on CRM. Jess, you remember my first CRM? Not not counting the index cards?
1: Oh, well, it was Act for DOS, I believe.
2: Act for DOS. Disk operating system. Yep. It's ACT for DOS. Not even Windows. <laughs> um, and, and so it it was really only um you know, several years ago that that the idea of multiple pipelines in a CRM um, was really even a thing. What one of the things that happens when you don't and, and this is why process and methodology is so important. When when you don't have process or methodology, we we fall to the middle, um, and and the way that sales organizations, the way that growth organizations approach sales, um, if they don't clearly mark the lines and clearly define milestones and elements, they you you basically have a whole bunch of opportunities that are sitting in here, and and the way that we manage pipelines is theoretically um, how far chronologically into the process are they step one step two step three step four so we tend to be so it tends to be very activity driven um linear process which by the way is a really funny thing as we look at all the all the illustrations and data and everything that shows how the buyer's journey is in fact not a linear predictive step by step um it is a pinball machine it is a um all of the place type experience and 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 so what ends up happening is we have we have sales opportunities so we have we have leads we have opportunities we have customers um and and the net of this is we tend to treat all leads the same and i and i realize that we have segmentation and there might be some we might we might adjust messaging but but our approach is the same a deal becomes a deal and again unless there's a clear methodology put a deal in a salesperson's pipeline. By the way, what does a salesperson get yelled at most often? Not enough deals in the pipeline. What is back to being a metric that, that people worship? It sounds so good, pipeline coverage. What's our coverage, right? Which is basically mm-hmm. the multiple yep. of your number that you wanna hit. So so we have all these disincentives, or I should say, misincentives. They're, 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 they're bad incentives to inflate our pipelines. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so to put more in and, and if you think about it, Jess, here, here's my quiz question for you. What's the scarcest resource to a sales rep? I mean, if we wanted to get a little bit deeper, we could say energy, right? So they actually have less time than the time that they have. Right. right. And what, what, and actually, if you think about it from a time energy perspective, what's one of the things that kills energy being in the wrong place at the wrong time, taking the wrong action, yep. doing the wrong things. So, so we put these deals in, and and we don't have, you know, we haven't built strong process and structure, or. And by the way, if you build strong process and structure, you are going to find that the byproduct of this, the objective is not to have three pipelines. The byproduct is three pipelines emerge, right? Um, is they're in there, and and again, unless we manage against it, we're going against gravity. Unless you manage against gravity if you're in a customer acquisition role, you're, you're, it's the natural mindset is Ricky Bobby. You're Ricky Bobby.
1: Yeah. Right. You want to go fast.
2: You want to go fast. And if you're not first, you're last. If you don't win, you lose. Yep. And again, I've talked about playing poker. That that's a philosophy. I see a lot of people, you know, the moment they play hand, if you don't win, you lose, except as you learn in poker, sometimes you have to, you have to lose to win. We'll cover that in another episode. So, the, the, the trouble is they're they're all in in one place or or they're in arbitrary pipelines. So, so they're grouped, but they're not really grouped according to the structure and and the the motion that's that's being managed. Um, and and so we we default to treating everything the same. And if we don't treat everything the same, then, we are um, putting the rep in the position to have to think about it. So now I'm having to think and, and bring my own structure and process to play. And so I actually eat up a lot of my energy just in thinking about how, how am I handling this. And so what I see far too often, and you see this especially as businesses grow, as sales teams grow larger, is there's a sprint to the average. And then what ends up happening is the average norms down over time. So you're always, Mm -hmm. and that's another element of going against gravity. Part of the reason for that is as, as that pipeline comes and you start managing more different in there, you end up playing either to find the thread that has the most in common, which again, you're treating everything the same, which leads to a lowest common denominator. And then further, your analytics, you cannot get a signal. Your signal to noise ratio blows up. And what ends up happening is the signal you get is noise. And what I mean by that is far, far more often than not, the signal that you're picking up is actually a bad signal. And that gets into what we talked about, um, I think it was in the last episode, where as we're getting better and better at the thing that we're doing, we're becoming weaker and weaker. And a yep. lot of that is because the analytics that we're picking up are, are you know, what, what, what's happening is the signal that we're getting is it's a concurrent signal. So it's, it's, it's proximate. Those actions that are closest to the last step get a louder signal. So we keep optimizing to that. And what ends up happening is we spend more time and we get less for the effort. That's the that's the mm-hmm. structural.
1: Yep. Yep. So so you talked a little bit about this, but you hit on some points that I think are gonna are gonna attach. But so why multiple pipelines?
2: Well, let's talk about the problem for the reps.
1: Okay. All right.
2: Right. So you know and and, and it's funny because one of the things that, that I hear often is our reps won't like it. Our reps aren't used to it. Our reps will get confused. And, and I understand why people say that, but it's actually the reverse that is true. So, you know, we talk a lot about friction, but the friction that, that is missed, it's, it's an invisible friction. It's an invisible weight is every time that a rep has to stop and think, right? Every time a rep has to stop and think where the thinking is not about the interaction that they're going to have, especially in in their execution mode that is that is a major piece of of friction um, another piece of friction is mind shifting so i'm having to think this then i'm having to think that i'm having this conversation then i'm having that conversation then i'm doing this as as opposed to letting the system sort it out so that everything is queued up for the rep and you know i know what play i'm running i know what what path i'm taking that really drives that. And that's what building the genius into the system means. So why multiple pipelines? If the goal, like why have pipelines to begin with? Like, let's talk about why pipelines pipelines are what, what we're bringing is a theory called constraint theory. So if we talk the lines, we, we, we narrow the, the span. It's like, it's like putting the um, it's like putting the harness on the horse, right? If, if you have the harness, if you don't have the harness on the horse, there, you know, lots of power, all over the place, the reason, you know, if you want to win the race, you, you narrow the focus, pull the energy into those constraints, you drive greater velocity. Right. And, and, and so that's why we do pipeline, right. Is so that we're, again, we are, it is a value creation process. It is a, a a value accretive value creation chain, whatever, whatever you want to call it for whatever reason, my business process, um, dictionary doesn't seem to be, um, online right now. And so the way to think about it is every motion, What is the underlying motion at play? That should be a pipe, right? What's the job that we're doing here? That should be the pipe. What's the objective? When there are distinctly different objectives, when you're playing different games, when you've got different rhythms. So so I would not put a jazz band and a punk band and a country band together to play at the same time. Hey, we've got our, Rock and roll festival. You got a little gospel, a little punk, a little progressive, a little classic, all being played intermittently. And by the way, someone's going to say, well, there's, well, there's this, whatever I go to. And the thing that makes it great is, well, here's what I know. The band that plays there plays their set then a different band plays. They're not randomly going between jazz and rock and this and that. Right. So a pipeline is a motion. It's a play. And then, by by isolating those into there and this is where when i see people taking multiple pipelines i see them do things like the boston region and the atlanta region and the this region yep. and it's all the same motion and it's in different pipelines or it's you know
1: different lines of widget vision. a is yeah. a
2: pipeline widget a is a pipeline yeah. widget b is a pipeline widget c is a pipeline like that that is losing the the signal like breaking it up you're fragmenting right yep the, the power of single pipeline is the ability to really fine tune your analytics, your insights, so you can close the loop and make better decisions to optimize the allocation and expenditure of your resources towards the achievement of objectives.
1: That makes sense. Um, so what are the three pipelines?
2: So two of the pipelines are what we think of as, as you know traditionally sales pipelines. Um, so mm-hmm. they're two different sales approach. They're, they're two different sales motions. So from a simple, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just call them, you know, transaction and strategic. Okay. And then the third pipeline is really a pre-sales pipeline, um, which we refer to as the development pipeline. So a transaction pipeline, a strategic pipeline, and a development pipeline. And I probably should have said a development pipeline, a transaction pipeline. And a strategic pipeline because the development pipeline occurs pre-sale, yeah, yep. And and so the transaction pipeline and strategic pipeline. And by the way, think about this. And how many databases do we see this is the case? If it's even this good, we have contacts. We have contacts and companies that we've defined as leads, which is different than a leads object, right? We've got contacts and companies that we've defined as prospects. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I've got a hundred salespeople. How many prospects? And by the way, a customer for buying, like if, if you're in a reselling market, your customer is also a prospect. Got 100 salespeople. How many prospects do you have? And again, prospects would include customers.
1: Um, out of, you said out of 100. Yeah,
2: you have 100 salespeople. How many how many prospects
1: do you have? Uh, 100 salespeople. A lot, <laughs> lot you yeah. I mean, a thousands. Tens yeah, of thousands. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. Um, you might that you might not be working them all, but you've got right. Tens of thousands of prospects. Then we have deals opportunities. How many deals opportunities do we have? Thousand, two thousand. Thousands. Yeah. I mean, some of them have mm-hmm. ten thousand. But if you yeah. have ten thousand, I'm pretty pretty sure you've got a hundred thousand. Um, or, or I've seen some pipelines. They have ten. You know, they manage ten thousand opportunities. Five percent are one. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. So, if I have a hundred thousand to ten thousand, I can't optimize that. I can't experiment mm-hmm. on that. I can't. I can't run on that. Right. And, and so when we talk about the development pipeline, a large part of, of what we're trying to do, we're trying to do two things with the development pipeline, right? And by the way, you should have a development pipeline whether or not you have a de- dedicated development function. Sales development, business development, market development, whatever you want to call it. If, if your salespeople are full funnel people, you should have a development pipeline or full cycle, right? Why? Because there's a development function right there's a different objective and purpose right the development pipeline is the middle why do we get into revops
1: cuz in the messy middle cuz <laughs> cuz the middle's a,
2: right yeah the, the the thing that's interesting is when 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 you look at the, this whole customer acquisition thing it's bizarre because you you've got like marketing automation today is amazing so managing first contact mm-hmm. it's amazing I mean like the the complaint now is you can't respond in five minutes. I mean, like, I, I don't know if that's the complaint. That's probably a pretty good By the way, for what it's worth, I'm grateful that not everyone's replying in five minutes. Cause honestly, when I'm, you know, when, when, when I submit that lead on the project management website next week, it, it it's not so important that I need you to get back to me. <laughs> in comments, really. Um, sorry. Um, it, it is again, it's so, so like, and, and by the way, the last elements, they can be managed because the salesperson's there. The the, the part that's complicated and, and where the leverage is, where where the lift is, it's in the middle. Mm-hmm. Because the middle is the place where intent happens. And, and if you want to lower your cost of acquisition, if you want to really scale growth, you're going to generate relevance pre-intent. And if you can't win the pre-intent game, if you can't get better at the pre-intent game, your cost of growth is going to increase. There's not much you can do about, it, right? And and so the the process of of getting from that quote unquote lead status to full defined opportunity status, there's multiple steps there that that require. It's the same underlying way that you would optimize how you, how how you're optimizing your pipeline. You need, you need to break it out. So what a development pipeline does is it, and and for reps is it pulls out the people instead of me having to go into my database to look at who are the people that I should call and follow up based on it. It lets me see it. It lets me manage it visually and it makes it very easy to see what am I doing? How am I doing? Where am I doing? How can we get better? Right, so so the development pipeline is really all about identifying what causes sales and causing that to happen. And by the way, you you will see two different types of organizations, right? There's a lot of business where the relevant place to be, where you need to have your resources, your primary resources post intent. Right. Those are relatively early stage markets that that are moving past mainstream. Mm-hmm. So tremendous amount of demand, right? And 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 there's a phase in a lot of markets where the demand is strong, and and to win the game, to win in the market, you need to be really good at capturing the demand. Now, if you're not there where the demand is being created, or or where the intent is is coming in, then you're going to be in a much weaker position to capture it. So that's why you still want to be there, but you might that that might be your your early resources. That might be your 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 scouts or whatever right now what happens um you know jeffrey moore at, at its most intent jeffrey moore refers to that as a tornado market mm-hmm. right what what happens is as a market matures that that tailwind it's like what that massive increase in demand does and and the massive increase is, is because it's it's getting into the mainstream market you're moving to the center of the bell curve what what that does is it it creates the equivalent of this huge tailwind right but that tailwind is only going to exist for a finite period of time right and and by the way it ends it always ends at a point in time where you're pretty certain it's not going to end right like you don't get this big warning of adjustment no (laughs) so so again so if you're not there like, if, if, if you're not having those capabilities, that, that's where you see this real big growth. And by the way, two things will happen. You, what you might find is that your, your market demand, like, that's no longer skyrocketing. It's leveling off. The market's matured, right? Th- think marketing automation.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: by the way, if you think about for, for, for tech and SaaS companies, we are not in a lower demand environment than we were two years ago. We're in a not as massive an increase of demand. What's happened right. is the demand has gone from explicit to latent. The demand's still there; it just needs to be be dug. You got you got to dig to get to it. Right, right. So so the the fish have gone down, toward toward towards the lower end of the sea. That that's where that development process is so important and how do you play how good how strong are you there it's going to have a major element on how you allocate your resources um and and i'm sorry the point that i was making is sometimes i need my best people at the end right right i need my best most knowledgeable people to be there when demand is there because that is a that is a high growth market but what's crazy is when the market becomes big it's no longer a high growth market because it's a big market now and and like it's too big to be a high growth market right and by the way a one percent increase in demand or one percent increase in 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 the market size when you're a big market is oftentimes what was a thousand percent increase earlier in the cycle right so you're in these these different plays and, and so that's where that development pipeline if you can't develop business then you don't have as much control of your future as you think you do. And by the way, in those more difficult markets, now suddenly it's the generating intent or, or what's happening right at that intent generation that becomes particularly important, or, or you're now dealing with larger organizations, right? By the way, I talked about the market. You might also find that I've now grown like this is an adjustment that we've had to make. We've grown to a larger market and we're dealing with, more competitive, like we used to be in the up part of the market with a bunch of small players that couldn't handle it. Now we're beginning to enter some of the smaller parts of the market where there are some very strong competitors and, and we have to be able to adjust to that. And 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 being able to manage that element, that's what the development pipeline is. So it's a very, by the way, if you don't have a development pipeline, because I've had people say to me, well, Doug, all you're really doing is taking stages that I could have in my sales pipeline and putting them in a different pipeline. Right. And I go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's exactly what I'm doing. Well, why am I doing that? Well, again, I want to be able to, to see how am I doing? I want to be able to get a real clear picture. I don't, I want the system to do the thinking for my team. I don't want to have to do all the thinking for my team. I want to be able to see, like, how excited are you that this sale took, 450 days when, when your friends and neighbors are closing deals in 60 to 90 days.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Well, what you find is that, you know, oftentimes that, that long period of time, and by the way, is it a 400 or 500 day sale? What what's happening and the plays that you're running before someone is what we'll call opportunity qualified versus after they're very different. Right. Um, And so by segmenting that and separating that, you, you build that, that constraint, you build that structure and you'll drive better behavior, better performance.
1: Yep. All right. Let's talk about the, um, the two sales pipelines, transaction and strategic. So what's the purpose of the transaction pipeline?
2: So here, both, both pipelines have the same purpose. You're now managing your active sales process. Okay. Right. So, so these are our active sales processes. Um, that there's a value component. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that like value is in the eye of the beholder, which means value is in the eye of the buyer. The customer Mm -hmm. defines the value and, and buyers fall into one of two categories for how they perceive value. And and by the way, this is not like the, the two, the two are fundamental value and total value. Now, Jess, you're not one or the other. You're Mm -hmm. one or the other in different situations. So there are some places and some things where you would be fundamental value. There are other places where you would be total value. Right. Um, Fundamental value means that the value is in whatever is being bought. And there's two reasons that someone's going to perceive is going to be in a fundamental value segment. One is they have the knowledge. They have the expertise. Mm Mm-hmm. I should say they have the the required or necessary knowledge and expertise. Okay. Right. So if I were buying bleach. Yeah. That would be a fundamental value purchase. And, and the reason is it is actually really a commodity. Bleach is federally mandated. Like it has to have this chemical makeup to be bleach. If it's a different, it's kind of like champagne, Jess, unless it comes <laughs> from the champagne region, everything else is sparkling. Um, so, and by the way, this goes back to our episode for our RFPs, right? RFPs were built for these, you know, the specifications were very clear. You meet the specifications, or you don't meet the specifications. But, but in some cases, like I have the expertise, so you know, right? It was really popular for a while that you know enterprise um, tech salespeople are are going out, and you'd hear the story of the chief product officer talking about the major multi million dollar investment that they made, um, and they didn't talk to a salesperson. Well. A, you don't hear that as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But but also, yeah, you were buying something that was core to your tech stack. You knew what, like you had all the knowledge that was in there. So so yeah, you had the necessary expertise, meaning that the seller is not creating any value. There's nothing that the seller is bringing or that the seller's company is bringing that, that is being perceived as valuable. Yep. Right. Now, there's a second reason too. And that is, There's some stuff that people just don't value. And a lot of times they don't value it because they, because they lack knowledge, right? You can't value what you don't know, but if you don't value it, then you don't value it. I can't make you value something that you don't value at least like that's more of a marketer's problem that gets into our Mm -hmm. strategy conversation about where are you in that segment? So a transaction, there are some things that we know to be transactions, and, and you know what, Jess, you know what the best thing I can do? And I actually had, did I ever tell you about, did I ever tell you about my, my first experience as a salesperson, my first live sales experience, like real legitimate.
1: Oh yeah. Salesperson yeah. Person right. answered the phone.
2: You hung up, right? No, no, no. That was someone that I was coaching. <laughs> oh, Okay. Person. So I worked at this furniture, audio, visual, like it had every, you know, we sold washers, dryers, stereo equipment, furniture. <sighs> Person came in the the night before. Their television crapped out. They needed a mm-hmm. television. Okay, right. And I, I had done all the sales training. I'd read my stuff, etc. Yep. Asked them, asked them qualifying questions. What do you like to watch? Tell me about your current television. If you had a magic wand, what would you be like? Showed them these televisions. It was beautiful. We looked at it. We and and here's how the conversation ended. Doug, this was really really helpful. Thanks. Uh, let yeah. me think about it and I'll get back to you. Yep. Yep. My first professional sales experience. I was unable to sell a television to somebody whose television broke and he wanted a television so he could watch television that night.
1: <laughs> so no, I don't think you've ever told me this before. This yep, is that new. was my first. That so was
2: my <laughs> honest to God first professional sales experience. What should I have done?
1: Sold them the television. Sold them the damn television.
2: <laughs> right? Sometimes, like, if I want something, make it easy for me to buy. Yeah. So, so when you when you look at a transaction, like, in a transaction, the objective and the purpose here, what you want to do with a transaction, as an organization, you want to streamline the process. Right? Because here's the thing. Transaction is geared to fundamental value. It's a fundamental value purchase. And if I'm in a fundamental value place, cost is the driver. Yeah, minimize cost. Minimize yep. cost. Does that mean that you have to be the lowest price all the time? Again, it cost is more than price, but it's lower the cost. And by the way, if you're not continually lowering the cost, you're 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 gonna have troubles. Now, here's something to understand: what what was once strategic becomes transactional. I mean, how we used to it it used to take. I mean, companies would spend a year. To buy a terabyte of data storage. Right. Now yeah. they go to Staples. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right now they just take it out of their pocket. Right. My daughter comes home from college one year and she's got like four terabyte external hard drives that she's got with her for, I'm like, what? And huh? She's, yeah. She, she's walking around the airport with four terabytes of storage. Um, so you... Like this is this is low to very low and you want to be in low to very low value creation mode. By the way, you know what happens when you treat a transaction opportunity with a strategic mindset, all with the intent to help? It's like teaching a pig how to sing. That's what my dad used to say. At the end of the day, it doesn't work and you annoy the pit. Yeah. Right? When I start trying to oh well, oh, you're looking for did you know that? Blah 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 blah, and and here's what. And by the way, I used to make this mistake all the time. You'd come in because like it's when I. This is my big mistake as a financial advisor early on. You you attended a seminar. You fit my profile, and you reach out to me. You're like, yeah, I was looking to get um, I was looking to invest some money in a mutual fund. I really enjoyed your program. Thought I'd open an account with you. Oh, this could be a big account. I don't I don't want to just give them like. in mutual fund. This could be a million dollar under assets under management. And I'd get caught. They weren't ready to talk about that. Yeah. But I didn't just give them this. And so I got caught in between. Right. When you've got a transactional element as a business, you want to streamline it and you want to reduce your costs. The way you win the transaction game is when you can sell something at a profit.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Like you're making money at a price point where your competitors are losing money. Now, for the most part, if you're in the mid-market space, you're not going to be able to get there. You're not going to be able to have that advantage on an Amazon or a Walmart. But what you do need to do is make sure that you're minimizing and mitigating those costs, and 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 more importantly, your scales your scarce resources. Right. right. So, so that's why a transaction pipeline is 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 important. Makes sense. Yep. Yep. What did I What did I miss?
1: Um. I mean, so. I get the, I get why the transaction pipeline. So what are, what are the considerations? What are the things you should think about as you're putting that so, pipeline together?
2: <clears throat> so here, here's what typically comprises your, your transaction pipeline. And, and and to some degree, what you can do is you can say, well, if it doesn't meet the definitions of strategic, then, then we'll classify it as a transaction, but a transaction pipeline, there's defined demand. Now here's the thing we we have a we have a super, super simple transaction pipeline, and for a while we didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here we are here I'm saying every company should have three pipelines and and we didn't have it. The, the reason was when I go through these explanations, you're going to see that we didn't have any like that that wasn't where we played right right so, so we didn't we, we didn't exist like we weren't fighting in markets where the demand was defined, and so we were we were catching the demand yep. Um, it's, it's fundamental value. These markets are highly competitive. Or there's no competition. Like, they're extreme markets. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's nowhere else to buy from it. You need it or you don't need it. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, if you've got... If you're a construction business after a hurricane, after Category 5 hurricane, it's a transaction. Right. Reducing friction is the... Like, all friction is bad. Yep. All friction is bad. You're dealing with very high intent market. Mm-hmm. And you're... And you're a strong player to the leader,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: don't don't treat a market where you're the new entrant and there's a strong incumbent, and treat it as a transaction. That might not be a good place to go. <laughs> um, very low to moderate value or impact that you provide, or that a seller can provide. There's, it's relatively high volume, and and the process is straightforward. And by the way, it should be straightforward because if the intent is there, mm-hmm. then. Um, then moving forward. then by the way, the other thing too, is it tends to have a lower, lower value on, on the organization. So, so like, this is not where we're making our money. It's profitable, but it's not our core business. I always kind of say like, there's the people that I'll sell to. And then there's the people that I'm happy to let buy. Right. The people that I'm happy to let buy, they're going to come into there. They're, they're, they're going to be transactions. So in other words, I'm not going to jump through 17 hoops for somebody Um, and things like that. So, so it's a very simple, straightforward, and by the way, your ultimate aim here, and you might not be able to achieve it. And a lot of people aren't going to like me when I say it, your ultimate aim here should be, how can we make this Mm self-serve? How can we make this self-checkout? Yeah. Every time a person has to touch this, it's either bad for you because it creates a cost and uses a scarce resource. Yep bad for the customer because it makes it harder to buy or bad for both.
1: Yep. And so because, because of it needing to be, because it's higher volume, because it's a more straightforward sale and because the friction needs to be reduced, it's usually fewer stages, right? Or it is fewer stages.
2: Yeah. It's fewer stages. Yeah. 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 And, and, and by the way, if my objective is to Mm -hmm. minimize touch is to minimize friction, Mm I'm, I'm singing a different song. It's got a different rhythm. It's a different motion. And so what I'm looking for, you know, going from sales led to self-serve, that's not a one-step process. That's a, you know, without losing the entire reason that people buy from you. Right. And so to be able to close the loop, to get the signal, to move towards that, that's why it needs to be separated. Yep. Yep. Now, why do you want to reduce the dependence on salespeople? Well, well, one could be, why have costs if I don't need costs? But, but right. here's here's the actual, the bigger reason. Because C- I am all in for salespeople. This is not a reduced sales he- headcount show right. today. Yeah. Because we need them and we're not, we don't have enough of them for our strategic opportunities. Right. They're spending too much time on lower value transactional opportunities that we're not playing our game. We're not implementing our strategy to win Yep. Our core markets. Right. So a strategic pipeline, that's that's a high impact for us and for them, high value creation, differentiation. So if you're playing differentiation, if differentiation matters here, mm-hmm. then you need a strategic pipeline. What's yeah. interesting is I might win my business, I might win the account strategically, but that doesn't mean and we have this, we have our clients that they they buy strategically, that's how we win our customers. But then they, you know, as we now have some products that are much more transactional, there are multiple transactional opportunities, or there's programmatic buy. That's, a, you know, another way that allows us to really differentiate. And, and so that strategic market, you've got more discretionary demand, right? It, it's more, yep. it, it is, it is, it is total value. The market has varied intent. There's there's education and what I would say value education that's needed, right? Yep. Now, here's the thing. If you don't find value in it as, as the customer and I say, well, you should understand that we're better than who you're using. Yeah. I, need to, I, need to val- I need to bring value education, but you're not going to attend a class. You're not going to get educated on something you don't want to get educated. So I need to make sure I need to, if that's the issue that I have and it's a transaction, the way that I'm going to win you is by connecting to a higher value piece. By the way, one of the things that, and this is crazy, by the way, anyone that's selling a master services agreement, a hunting license, if you will, that is a strategic sale Mm -hmm. followed by a number of sometimes strategic, but oftentimes transactional sales. And, And the reason that it never quite connects, they win the master services agreement, but they don't get, the revenue from that that they should is because they didn't treat it fully strategically enough to enable the next steps or the, the implementation takes on too much burden for that. So, so again, the considerations are higher impact. So you're typically looking at large, larger average sale value. Yep. Profit matters. So this is, you know, you're looking, you're looking to win quality sales. You want to maintain your margins. You, you probably want to improve your margins. It's a total value, um, and and your volume is going to be lower to moderate. So if you're in a higher volume market, it's going to be transactional. As the like, I don't know that you can be in a truly high volume strategic market. Those two, uh, there might be an exception to that. So so when you're looking at it, what 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 is your core business? What what are the things that connect to your value proposition? What are the elements? And again, remember. I might win one strategic sale. That strategic sale may create value, may, may create revenue. It may create no revenue, and maybe my strategic sale is what unlocks mm-hmm. a thousand transactional sales over the course of yep the lifetime. Right, but but if I'm making transactional sale, transactional sale, transactional sale, you'll never have customer locking. You just won't. Yeah, you just won't. Um, and, and so as you look at that. Those are the big chunks that enable you to separate strategic versus transactional. And now you have three distinct motions. What am I doing in the middle? What am I doing to develop? What am I doing to connect to intent? Yep. Transactional. There's that motion and I can optimize that and I can run different plays. And, you know, I might build a different, I we might build specialist teams over time. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to be a fan of actual sales teams that, we've got transactional specialists and strategic specialists and right. We'll save that for another episode. And then the strategic motion. Um, and now I can run the right play in the right situation. It, you know, it's kind of like, and I just thought about this. If you're growing a complex organization from a go to market standpoint, you're running a decathlon. Yep. Right. But, but here, like, I'm not going to do the shot put with the same strategy that I'm going to do the high jump. Yeah, And and the challenge is for just about any company, once you get above 50 to 100, 150 salespeople, the challenge that you have is as you get to that size, you begin to expand typically the markets that you're in. And there's someone smaller that's more specialized. And that's part of the no man's land challenge that you have as you come into that new market, right? You used to have fewer people. like Like today you're larger, you've got better people. But it's harder to compete. And the reason is, well, even though they weren't as good, there were a couple key people and and you were more specialist. There was, you got to play to the advantage of small. Yep. You get to no man's land. You don't get to play to the advantage of small and you don't get played to the advantage (laughs) of big. So you've got to begin to create that separation so that you can apply, again, the right play to the right game at the right time in the right situation and then get the right feedback to close the loop.
1: Yep. Yep. Oh man, I got a lot of takeaways. Um, (laughs) I'm going to try to window this down. Um, So I think, you know, the, the points around multiple pipelines get you in that right mindset for the motion required. And it isn't about fragmatting. It's about identifying those motions. You need to take in a particular opportunity at a particular time on the development pipeline. You know, we, we, we hit on this all the time with clients that you need that development pipeline, whether you have a development function or not. Um, and I've seen it in, at work
2: with a development like, team or not just, just to develop, be clear, sorry, development team you always have, have a development function.
1: Yeah. Right. And I've seen that at work with one salesperson and it does unlock quite a bit of capability. It puts you more in control. It gives you that clearer picture. It allows you to determine if you need to shift resources based on the market. And then, um, you know, the, the, what you hit on around strategic and transaction. Transaction is more straightforward, high intent, high volume, strategic's that variable motion. You need to d- differentiate yourself more. Um, and and we, we implement this all the time. It it works. And I agree with what you said around, you know, we hear that you. I won't be able to explain it to reps. The reps won't understand. It's gonna make it too difficult. You're making this too, too hard on the reps. Once you get it locked in, it actually does make them able to manage their days much, much better.
2: Yeah, it it's it very <laughs> counterintuitive. And again, what you do is you build the profile. And and by the way, this isn't a decision. Like I don't have the rep unless you want them to. The rep doesn't have to make the decision of which pipeline does this go into. Yeah, the profile can, of the deal. Yeah, d- determines that right. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, it it it's one of those things that it actually reduces the thinking and effort that's required helps us break up our day better. Um, yep. Everyone should I'll have just, three
1: pipelines. Do it now. Are you, re-
2: are, you, are you ready for your vacation? I am. Well, well on that note, we won't be recording next week because Jess is abandoning, abandoning me. I am. in my Moment of need.
1: <laughs> He's so needy folks.
2: Until Until
0: next time. time. (laughs) And that's a wrap on this episode of The Ravot Show. If there's one thing out of every takeaway that there was from this episode, is that you should have three pipelines. Super simple, right? Anyways, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Leave us a review and share the episode. We'd really appreciate it. If you have any questions you'd like to ask Doug or Jess about your pipeline or the structure of your pipelines, email me at hannah@liftenablement.com at or hit us up on Twitter at demandcreator. Until next time, remember you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.